to figure out some of those technical difficulties, but we're going to do announcements right now and uh, share a little bit about what's going to be happening uh, in church. So uh, as we've been telling you guys, we are going to be having renewal nights. So this is something new. It's a heart on Pastor. It's been a heart of Pastor Joyce to bring these out, and uh, it's going to be on the first uh, Wednesday of every month. So this coming Wednesday, we're going to have these renewal nights. And they're going to be from 7 to 8.30, but we want you to come. Pastor Joyce's heart is if you have needs, if you need just a touch of God, need to soak in the presence of God, uh, we want to open that up uh, for you to be ministered by the Holy Spirit. How many of you know the, the best minister is the Holy Spirit, and he is the one that brings renewal? So I got a thumbs up from the back, so that's our only announcement for right now. But Tim, you guys ready to go? All right, let's do this. Check this out. It is not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. This man strives valiantly, and who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. Today is a day to dare greatly. Hey everyone, welcome to Football Sunday 2019. I'm Benjamin Watson, and in a few hours, the largest single sporting event of the year will be played in Atlanta. But in the next few minutes I get to spend with you, you'll hear some amazing and inspirational stories from NFL players and their wives. You'll also hear from some of the men who are playing in today's game. I've been in the league for 15 years, and I played on four different teams. I know these guys. I know that every man on every team has gone all out all year long. Coaches, players, trainers, everyone. And today, they'll take it to another level. This is a game where every player goes all out, and that's because they're all in. And by the end of the day, one team will walk away with the Lombardi Trophy, that reward we worked towards since we were kids with big dreams playing at the local field. It's gonna be a great day, and I'm so glad you've chosen to be here with us, right here, right now. Welcome to Football Sunday 2019. There's a certain electricity, there's a certain energy about LA that I think is different than most parts in the world. Just the atmosphere is, is amazing as well. I mean, you know what they say, it don't rain in Southern California. The fans are absolutely amazing. They always come in full force and they're just screaming as loud as they possibly can. City of just love, just people, family for me. Uh, really just, this is home base. This is where I grew up. LA is awesome. The weather's perfect. You know, the people here are, are very welcoming. I mean, it's such a blessing to be in this position. You know, this is something I've dreamt of since I was a little boy. So to get the opportunity to go play in a Super Bowl, play for the Lombardi Trophy is incredible. Love it up here. Um, you know, this has been an awesome community to be a part of, and uh, you know, the winters are a little tough, though. The area as a whole, I mean, freezing. <laughs> it's cold. I mean, you know, we have great fans, great place to play. Um, not only are we teammates, but we're friends as well, and you see it by you know guys really digging into each other's lives. When I first got here, I was super surprised at how many believers in Jesus we have on the team, and it's a blessing to be here. And we're so excited and, and humbled and, and just thankful for having this experience. So we want to try to make the most of it. From his days in high school to playing at an elite college and finally making it to the NFL, Kirk Cousins continues to defy expectations. Kirk is that guy you want in your corner. This is his story.
I remember one time in third grade, a, a kid came over as we were just playing catch innocently. He just came over, he said, you really throw the football well. And I said, oh, thanks, man. He said, no, 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 you really throw the football well. And I thought, oh, okay. played my very first varsity game my junior year of high school and I knew that this was a big year for recruiting so I knew that I needed to play well to have a chance to play in college and in the very first quarter of the very first game of my very first varsity season I got hit on my left side and, and broke my ankle and I remember driving back from the hospital with a cast on my ankle and there were tears in my eyes and I called my dad and I said dad because I'm going to miss this season it means that I can't play in college the dream is over if you will to play in college and my dad said Kirk you don't know that uh, think of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your steps. At that moment, as a 17-year-old junior in high school, I made Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 my life verse. And um, from that moment on, said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust Him and let Him sort out the rest. A year and a half ago, I said it would be impossible to play college football, and now I'm signing a full scholarship to have college paid for to play for a school that would have been my dream school all along. You know, that was only the beginning, and yet at that time, I thought that alone uh, teaches me what it means to walk by faith and how big God is, and yet God said, Kirk, I, I haven't done anything yet. I'm gonna take you on a journey here. Just keep trusting me. The night before the draft, my dad sat our family down and he read from 1 Samuel 16, where David is anointed king. And he said, this passage has the feel of a draft because Samuel goes to the home of Jesse and he says, bring out your sons from your sons will be the next king. Well, he goes through the, the first and he says, surely this must be the one. I mean, he looks the part. And the, the Lord spoke to Samuel and said, no, he's not the one. And then he goes through each one. And he goes through seven. And the Lord says no to all of them. And so Samuel says to Jesse, do you have any other sons? Because the Lord said, the seven you brought to me are not it. He said, well, I have one more, David. He's out in the field. I didn't even think he was in the running. So David, he said, bring him. So David's brought before Samuel. Samuel sees him and the Lord says, that's the one. And my dad's point to me was, Kirk, there's a lot of outward appearance looking going on right now around the NFL with the draft, and there will be going forward. Ultimately, as you've seen through your upbringing, the Lord directs your steps. The Lord has his hand on your life, and the Lord is not looking at the outward appearance. The Lord is looking at the heart. My dad came over and he said, Kirk, do you know what number quarterback you were? And I said, no, I, I don't. I said, I know there's usually 10 or 11 that get picked in the draft every year. He said, you were the eighth quarterback. He said, we read 1 Samuel 16 two nights ago, and David was the eighth son of Jesse. He said, I think the Lord is speaking to you. He's saying, Kirk, I have my hand on your life. When you fly to Washington, just trust me that I've got the next year, two, three, four, whatever it may be, under my control. probably had more where are you God moments than I have had the moments where I know he's near but I look back and I see he's faithful and he knows what he's doing and he gives us just enough I want to see lives changed for the kingdom and I want as many people as possible to come to know the hope of the gospel but also not only to come to know Jesus through the gospel, but then to make him Lord of their life and to see what I've seen in terms of decades of the Lord's hand guiding a life. And that's a journey that we're all on and we're all in different places on that journey. But um, that's what I want my life to be about. If we're not careful, we can view our lives through our own understanding of things. But God invites us to something better. He invites us into a life that doesn't always make sense and to trust Him in the middle of it anyway. You may be in the middle of a circumstance that doesn't make any sense to you at all, 
But Kirk's story, along with stories told and retold through the pages of Scripture, all point to a God who is working out a plan in us, through us, for His glory. And our invitation is to simply trust in Him as the author of our stories, and then to watch Him create the results for everything that happens in every area of our lives. Trust Him. In the light, in the dark, He's got you, guaranteed. We've seen God do some tremendous work in the lives of our families, and they're loving their wives, they're loving their children, and they're being good men, both on and off the field. I think God is just my everything. He's been my crutch to lean on so many times when things are going bad, uh, but I think that constantly refocusing on Him is what's allowing me to continue to be on the straight and narrow and, and continue to be successful on this team. I'm a sinner, um, but at the end of the day, His grace is, is so sufficient um, in my life, and it has been, and not just in my life, but my family's life. I think God in, in my season of life right now is, uh, you know, He's done some heavy work in my life the last couple of years and helped me kind of discover who I am on a deeper level and, and as a man of God and as a father, as a husband. These days I'm discovering God to be uh, really my, my provider, my protector, my healer. It's just amazing the work that, he, that he's doing in my life and my family's life. This year I tore my ACL and so that obviously put into the season, but um, being able to every day work towards finding that, that joy in life that um, only comes from the spirit. There's, there's growth happening. Nothing in the NFL is promised. So waking up with the faith every day that God is in control, that He loves you, and that He's gonna take care of you no matter what. It gives you a peace of mind to, to operate on a daily basis. We try to do what we can by leading by example and hopefully building relationships. Therefore, we're able to feed into the guys' lives and do the best we can just for the kingdom of God. I'd like to introduce you to my wife, Kirsten. Hey everyone, it's great to be with you today. Kirsten and I have learned a lot in our marriage about Jesus. And one thing we've learned is that at the heart of Christ is the reality of pouring the love of God into the lives of others. We receive the love of God in Christ and then we give it away to the world. Case and Kimberly Keenum have made a commitment to do exactly that, wherever, whenever. Jesus calls this discipleship. And I'm really excited to give you a glimpse into the lives of Case and Kimberly Keenum. first memories of each other, uh, we played flashlight tag throughout the church, you know, at night. I remember seeing her run back to base and not, not remembering her name exactly, but her older brother, Brandon, who I was better friends with at the time, I said, uh, I got you, Brandon's little sister. And uh, I turned around and I said, that's not my name. And I ran to base. I don't know if that was the start of our <laughs> romance, but uh, it was definitely one of our first memories of each other. You know, coming into to college, I was consumed by football. Um, you know, was, I'm a competitive person. You know, when it didn't come easy, uh, you know, I struggled with it. You know, throwing one bad pass at practice or having a mistake, you know, here or there, uh, you know, really consumed me. And you know, it was a lesson I, I, I continually learned from freshman year all the way up to senior year when I hurt my knee that I was not just a, a football player that happened to be a Christian. I was a Christian who happened to play football. Jesus really commanded us. It was his very last breaths before he left earth. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One of the best parts of that verse, one that really struck home for us, is that word go. It's not just, not just go, but it's as you are going. So uh, for me as a football player, uh, for her as a, as a wife, um, you know, whether you're a businessman, teacher, you know, construction work, whatever you're doing, um, you know, as you are going, as you are doing those things, make disciples. It's not slapping them in the face with the Bible, but living our life as close as we can to chasing after Jesus. You know, coming out of college, I was un undrafted, signed Houston Texans, signed with the St. Louis Rams, signed back to the Houston Texans at the end of that year, and then traded back to the St. Louis Rams. Moved with the St. Louis Rams to LA and then signed with the Minnesota Vikings and then this past season signed with Denver Broncos. Moved four times in one year, right? 
Six times in seven. <laughs> Any place we've been, I I never want to leave that place without giving the best I've got, without getting to know as many women as I possibly can. I don't want to waste that year. I want to help point others to Jesus, no matter what I'm doing, and that is absolutely our goal as we are going. You know, one of those big things that we've. Um, you know, prayed about and talked a lot about is is having kids, having children. You know, a few years ago, decided that we were, you know, not gonna not try anymore. You know, and then a few years passed by and, you know, nothing was nothing was really going, so we started to get a little more serious about it. And uh, over the course of a, a few, you know, bumps in the road, some, some different uh, procedures, some different things that we've had to go through, um, you know, we're still praying that God's, you know, plan has, has children for us. Having kids is not going to give me this ultimate happiness. Like, yes, it's going to be so joyful and amazing, and I cannot wait for hopefully the Lord to provide that in our lives. But I still feel like He's just teaching us so much to find the ultimate joy in Him and in Him alone and just peace in Him. And I feel like the Lord has us in this time to be able to just have extra time to pour into other people. So many women do feel shame and do struggle with it so much and go through a lot more than what we've been through. And I just don't want to go through this time, like we were saying earlier, to be a waste. Like I want to be able to still help point somebody to Christ through the midst of it. Like I don't want to wait till I'm on the outside of it. I want in the midst of it, as we're going, to help another woman going through this. And I understand it stinks, but like God has purpose no matter where we're at in our life. There's not a doubt in our mind that God's plan is so much better than anything that we ever imagined. Last year we experienced two miscarriages. And what I learned is that it's so much easier to stay silent and be isolated. But for the sake of others going through the same challenges, the Kenans are sharing their story for the encouragement of others. And I love that they're pouring Christ into people even in the middle of their own personal uncertainties and trials. And they're telling their story from the middle with no conclusion, something most of us would rather not do. And the Kenyans refuse to allow any day to be a wasted day because the love of God is way too important to keep silent. I'm challenged to quit making excuses based on my circumstances and to become someone who carries the love of God into my world, no matter what I'm going through. What goes on here that's so special is the brotherhood in this locker room. You know, we've, we've got a lot of men in this locker room that are truly invested in uh, the relational side of things. There's no better group of guys I think that I could, you know, be on a team with them right here. Our culture here in New England is better because of the kind of men Bill and Robert have brought into our building and the way that they've impacted societies and churches and they don't leave anyone the same way. Everything that we do is for Jesus and um, he, he's everything. Everything that we do in the field, everything that we do with our families, everything that we do out there in the practice field is uh, we try to do it for his glory. You know, it's hard sometimes in this sport. You lean on your own understanding a little bit and uh, you know, think you've got it all figured out and all under control and that's not really the case. Before I came to Christ, I was living so much for myself and uh, that's something that I continue to work on every single day. I'm not perfect, none of us are. I've definitely seen, you know, shifts um, work in my life and that's all through knowing Him and having the Holy Spirit work through me. God's my everything. I mean, I'm in this position because of Him. You thank Him daily, wake up every morning, and I mean, that's the first thing I do just because, I mean, none of this is possible without Him. He's proven Himself to be so faithful this year. He's grown marriages, families, relationships, and that's so much more exciting than, than football going to the Super Bowl, even though we'll take that. But, uh, um, man, He's been really faithful this year.
I re-signed with New Orleans this season, the city I played in before. And when I heard that DeMario Davis would be playing for the Saints too, I was excited because I know what he brings on and off the field. DeMario is a true leader. His personality draws people to himself, and then he redirects that toward God. But it wasn't always that way. This is DeMario's story. The first year I played football, I played running back. I went out and scored like, you know, 50 touchdowns in a year. Our team went undefeated all the way to the championship game, and I just kind of knew uh, then that football was a possible avenue for success for me. Going into my ninth grade year, I'm introduced um, to marijuana, I'm introduced to alcohol, I'm introduced to uh, sex. This is a 14-year-old kid uh, dealing with this stuff, and I didn't have a father figure around to teach me, you know, what all that meant. All I had was to look to were the guys in the streets, which was drug dealers, guys who had criminal records, and I was looking up to those guys. So I just figured I was supposed to do what they did. I wanted to show them that I wasn't scared, that I wasn't uh, afraid to be a bad boy or whatever. I just wanted to impress them. I tried to jack um, another kid for his wallet. I tried to steal his wallet in the hallway and I ended up getting in trouble and getting um, expelled from school. I remember my mom calling me on the phone and just hearing her brokenness when she answered the phone, you know, just like, DeMario, what have you done? And when she said that, it was almost to the point of, you have messed up your life. And I remember uh, being out running the streets with some of my friends and we were breaking in cars. I punched the window and I cut my arm up and I have this uh, serious gash in my arm. And I felt like this was the first time I heard an audible voice from God. And he said, that's strike number two. The first strike was you getting kicked out of school. The second strike is you almost killed yourself tonight. If it would have been a few inches down, I could have gashed my wrist and died that night. That scared me to the point of, from the rest of my junior and my senior year, I cleaned up my act. I get to college, but the fruit of my life still isn't changed. I get back and I'm all of a sudden I'm at this college and now I'm a small fish in a big pond. So I feel like I gotta prove myself all over again. So I go back to drink and I go back to smoke and I go back to partying and I land myself in jail. We stealing groceries out of Walmart. And I just remember looking around and like, whatever I'm trying to do with my life, it isn't working. I had a chance to make it out and now my coach can take my scholarship and I'd be sent back home. And I, and I messed up my opportunity before I even played a snap on the field. Fortunately, the coach did not kick me off the team. He gave me another chance. Because a little while later, our team chaplain, who I'd been going to Bible studies with, he started to spend time with me in the Word. He was talking about, you know, these radical ideas that I had never even thought about. And then he started to show me in the Bible that matched exactly what he was saying. And I never had looked at the Bible in that light. A good tree can't bear bad fruit, and a bad tree can't bear good fruit. And he was talking about, this is talking about your heart. But my whole theory with God was, at the end of the day, God, you know I got a good heart. Well, this was showing me that I had a bad heart because nothing but bad fruit was coming from my life. But then he told me something that was reassuring and encouraging. He said, God will take out your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And that night I went home and I was scared and I just prayed. It was the most sincere prayer I had ever prayed. I said, God, I need a new heart. That's all I said. The next day I was hoping that everything would change. I woke up and by the end of the day I was doing a lot of the same stuff I had been doing. And I was like, man, you said that God would give me a new heart if I asked. He said, if you ask for a new heart, God will honor it and God will give it to you. It may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, but he's gonna give it to you. The message started to resonate and I started to understand why Jesus had to die on the cross. He had to pay for those sins. And until we get a new heart, we can't fix what's coming out of us. And that God wants to come inside of us and clean us so that he can draw us back to himself. And it was like he was taking the scales off my eyes. At that moment, he removed the taste of alcohol from my mouth. He didn't remove marijuana and sex right then. But I said, God, you're the Lord of my life. And I'm gonna choose to serve you. When you wanna move these things, you will. And he did a little bit later. Um, he removed marijuana and then uh, I was in an imperial relationship for five years. God broke it. He was like, it's time to get out of this. And I got out of that relationship. For two years, I walked in purity. I dated my wife and then we were married a year and a half later. And that was the first time I'd ever did a relationship the right way. And to say that I've done that now and then look at the, the benefits of uh, a blessed relationship and our marriage of after four years and our, our beautiful children just to see that the fruit that's come from it 
you just understand God is a God of order, and when we do things in His order, He can bless them more. I let go and I said, God, I'm trusting you. I don't know where you're gonna take me. And He's brought me closer and closer to Him. DeMario's story is a great example of how God pursues us. It's a relentless pursuit of kindness, truth, and love. And DeMario needed God, even though he didn't realize it. And it may be the same for you today. All out, all in. It's not just a battle cry for football players. It's God's battle cry toward us too. The cross of Jesus Christ proves it. And the resurrection of Jesus gives it more power than anything else in our lives. All out, all in. We see it in Kirk Cousins as he trusts God when things don't make sense. We see it in the kingdom's life as they refuse to allow any day to be wasted because the love of God is too important for them. And finally, we see it in God's unrelenting pursuit of DeMario. And now, the invitation goes out to you. What would it look like for you to go all out in your pursuit of God? And what would it take for you to be all in when it comes to the life he's inviting you to live. So on behalf of myself and Kirsten, of Kirk and DeMario and the Kingdoms, and finally, from everyone on the Football Sunday team, may you experience the love of Christ richly and profoundly. And may you take one step closer today to following in the footsteps of Jesus as he leads and guides you. It's been my pleasure to spend this time with you. Enjoy the game and have a great day. All right, can we put our hands together? It's good stuff. So I'm pretty excited. What God is doing uh, in the Johnson's life, uh, if you've been here, a part of our church, you've seen, man, baptism, the things you share with us, Charles, uh, were just powerful, what he's doing in you as a father, as a husband. Um, and last year, he shared a little bit about no breaks, and the, the theme was seek, surrender, serve, and what that looks like. And this year, the, the message is about being all in. So if you would put your hands together and encourage Charles, I want you to come, and I want you to share... Uh, your heart, your testimony this morning about being all in. All right, all right. I'm going to tell you guys right now, I played on a lot of big stages, but I am nervous today. <laughs> I am nervous. Uh, I first want to thank Pastor Garrett for uh, extending the invitation to let me come up here and speak a little bit today. Um, it was, it's a true honor, and um, I think I got a little bit of good word that's going to bless some people today. It, uh, it came to me, and um, things going to be pretty good. Give a little backstory about me and my relationship with God. My relationship with God was like a family reunion. You know, it's once a year. You may go if you don't got nothing to do that weekend. You show up. You see somebody. How you doing, John? How you doing, Billy? Mary, how you guys doing? And then there's that, always that one person you like, Hey, how you doing? Then you walk away. Hey, what was his name again? Oh, that was God. That's how I was with God. That's my relationship with God. I would be at a family reunion. I'd come up to him. I'd see him. I, I knew who he was, but I just didn't know his name. And uh, I would forget that sometimes. So that's kind of like how I grew. But now to the t time of my life in this past year, I wanted to take a hold of, a hold of that relationship. I want to grow in that relationship. I want to be all in that relationship. So... I said, hey, it ain't going to hurt to try. Let's do it. So, like you said, I titled the message, I'm all in, my trust is in the Lord. And a uh, kind of backstory about me. So, most of you guys know I play football. Um, I grew up around here. I played football in Lloyd Memorial High School, started my junior year, and I was all in football. Junior year, senior year, I was all in football. Got fortunate enough to go to Eastern Kentucky on a scholarship. I was all in. Got a little sidetracked. I got suspended. I um, was fortunate enough to go to L.A. and play at a junior college, met my lovely wife, all in football there, came back home, 
Got a little, another hiccup, another obstacle on the road where I had to come home. My dad was sick. I was working at Arby's Olive Garden, taking classes at a local community college, and uh, just having our first kid. So I was all in everything. Then, fortunate enough, I was blessed again to go to Grand Valley State, receive a scholarship from those guys, and eventually make it to the league where I was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, gone to Minnesota, played for a bunch of other teams. <laughs> uh, but I was, with, I was with the Carolina Panthers, had a couple knee surgeries, and I was recently with the Jets. And um, I say all that because out of all those times, I was all in football. That's all I focused on, literally. All I focused on was football. It was my life. It was what I did. I had a family that was growing, and it was there, but I was all in on football. That's all I cared about. And there's some good times. I can't, comp I can't complain about that. There's good times, but this past year, it's probably I experienced something crazier than I've ever experienced. Um, I was fortunate enough to be picked up by the Jets this past year when I started following uh, Christ at a heavily rate. So I was picked up by them and um, thought I did well throughout the season and preseason, and they released me. I was like, oh, that's kind of odd, man. I've been following God. Like, what's going on, man? I, they said if I start following God, stuff's going to change. Like, it's crazy. And I've been cut plenty of times before, and I, always, I knew how it was, man. I was down. I was out. I was like, man, this sucks. I cry. But this was different. Um, I got up there, and they said, yeah, we got, we're going to release you. I was smiling. I was happy. I remember going in the locker room. I was like, man, I don't even care. Like, I'm good. It was something different about me. I took a different approach with it, and um, I attest that to the Lord, man. I don't know what it was. It was just something crazy about that day when I was released, and I was coming back home, and I didn't know what my next step was, that I was fine. I was, I was good. And um, so I just feel like through that year, I've been following Christ, and I have changed in a way. Maybe I didn't see it the way that I wanted to see it. Maybe he didn't give me the picture. He didn't give me that money. He didn't make me make the team that year as I wanted because I was following him. Maybe I was searching for something too much that maybe that wasn't his calling for me at that time. So uh, I just was like, okay, what do I do now, God? What is, what is my next step? What do you want me to do? So, I mean, I've been just trying to reevaluate what, what my life brings, what my life holds, and what is his what is my next chapter that he has written for me? So I had a shirt under here. My jersey's a little too tight. It, <laughs> I was going to show you guys the shirt. I was going to take off the jersey, but it's a little too tight. So I just, the shirt says husband, daddy, protector, and um, it says a protector and a hero. And I always, always, I was looking at the shirt because my wife got it for me, and I said, man, I wish I had another bullet point on there that said a child of God. And um, always, I, I live by that because Although I'm a husband, I want to be a great husband. I want to be a hero, a protector, a provider. But I have to realize that I am a child of God. And um, through him, I know that I can become all those things that I desire to be that are on the other bullet points. Um, like I said, I've been on big stages. And um, I played in front of tons of people. But God says, I need you to go out there and be this man of God, be this child of God on a bigger stage. And when I throw this at you, you can't duck, you can't move, you can't run away. You got to take it, you got to face it, and um, you got to go out there and make it cool again. Like, I'm a cool guy. I think I'm pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, he says, man, make it, make it cool to be a child of God. Make it cool. Make guys, when they see you, they're like, that guy right there, that's a child of God. That's a bad man. Like, he's a bad man. I don't want people to see me as... Hey, that's Charles Johnson. He played in the NFL. He's a football guy. No, that's not what I'm defined as. I would, I would much rather be, hey, I'm Charles Johnson. That's a child of God right there. So for me, it's something that's really important. Um, John 3, 27 through 30 said, he must become greater and I must become less. That was always reversed in my life. I was always the greater and he was always the less. Um, that's how I take it. That's how I interpret it. Like, I didn't give God a high pedestal. I was that guy. I was in the NFL. Like, I'm coming home. People asking me for autographs at football games. I was, I was high. I was the greater. The past year, I realized, man, that putting God higher in my life 
and putting myself low, getting to my knees, humbling myself, praying, and just attesting to him and, tell, and, and trusting him that he's going he's gonna to fulfill the things that are necessary in my life. Doing that, I know that, hey, I can't be stopped. There's no way. There's no way I can be stopped. So that's something for me that I've been trying to work on throughout this past, past year, just putting God first, man, sitting back, watching him, and just t- going along for the ride as opposed to trying to lead it all the time. Then I, I got a little thing I, I had wrote down, and I said, I was like, man, let me, let me question the church a little bit, man. Let me, let me just see what they're going. Let me put them on spot. And uh, I said, it just hit me. I was like, when they asked, why do you guys come to church? And there's a d- bunch of different reasons. A bunch of people come because they like church. They just want to hear people sing. I know we got a bunch of great singers on, the, on our team. You talk, some people just come just to hear them sing. Some people come just because that's what they do. Uh, they've grown up in the church. Their family, their mom and dad made them come to church. So, hey, I got to go to church. Some people come because it's Sunday. You don't get to hit the club on Sundays that much. It's early. Um, <laughs> You usually get out around 12, football doesn't start till 1, so you got enough time. So, hey, I can go to church today, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's no big deal. Some people come to church just to say, hey, man, I went to church today, I'm religious, I could check that box today, just for today, but tomorrow I'll be doing whatever. So, and then there's those guys who are all in, um, like I'm trying to be. And uh, there's those guys that are all in, and they come to church because this is what they this is all they know. They eat, sleep, breathe this. That's kind of how I was with football. I eat, sleep, and breathe it. But now I want to be in that point in my life where I'm all into this. I come to church because, not because it's something that I was grown up in, not because it's, I don't have anything to do. I, I want to come because this is all I know. This is, this is who I am. And um, there was, I think I, somebody said one time, I heard, and they said, man, you don't, you don't, uh, they all, people used to always say, man, I got to go to church. I have to go to church. No, you don't have to go to church. You get to go to church. So I always thought that was pretty cool. And regardless of, regardless of why you come to church, why you chose to come here, whether, whatever your situation is, whatever brings you here each and every day, we're happy you're here. I'm happy you're here. And the Lord happens you're here. And I think it's another stepping stone to lead you to where you want to be. And, I mean, what can I say? I'm gonna be here each and every Sunday. Well, I'm gonna be gone for a little bit, but I'll be here as much as I can. <laughs> but we hope to see all of you guys each and every week. So, yeah. So trying to kind of get into my message a little bit more. If I didn't, I had this message was brought to me about trusting the Lord, and it's something that's dear to me because I've been through trials, tribulations. I've been through sickness, failures. I've been through a lot of stuff. I don't even want to explain it because you guys are gonna look at me a little bit different. but if I didn't share this word with you, if I didn't share my testimony, share a little bit about myself, I'd be cheating you guys, and I'd be cheating the Lord because I feel like he's brought this upon me, and it's something that holds dear to my heart. So it's kind of crazy in that video, Kirk Cousins. I actually know Kirk. He said the the same verse that I had. I didn't get to watch the video, the whole video. He said the same verse that I had written down, the Proverbs 3, 5, that says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. I seen him say that on there. I looked at my wife. I said, he just stole my verse. (laughs) This is crazy. I can't even get up here and talk about it no more because he stole my verse. But I want to say that this verse says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Key word, all. And I think sometimes we forget about that. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And I think that's with everything. It says with your heart, but it's not like you can just... Say, God, I'll give you this piece of my heart, and you could, I trust in you with this piece of my heart. You take any of your heart out, you're done. You're dead. And I kind of compare that to life because God's saying, I feel like, trust me with everything in your life. Don't you, I, don't, I, I got your heart. I'm in your heart. Trust me with everything in your life. You're going to trust me with your relationship. You're going to trust me with your, with your finances. You're going to trust me with your job. You're going to trust me with everything in your life. And do not lean on your own understanding. And um, for me, it was like, when times are good in our life, it's easy to understand. You, you'll, show up, you'll show up to church, you'll be happy, you'll be jumping around, 
that you're faithful, you trust in the Lord. Hey, I'm happy he's doing good things in my life. But it's really, it's really the question when things are bad. That's when people start to stray away, people start to disappear, people start to go into a hole, and they don't even have a ladder to get out. So it's like, what, are you really trusting in the Lord in those moments with all of your heart and not leaning on your own understanding? And I feel like today, there's someone in here that's discouraged. There's someone in here that's discouraged, and that's all right. I've been there before. We all have been there before. And I hope that, like, the message I can, that I'm bringing today, that it can get you out of that hole. It can stand you up out of that seat and say, it's all right. I'm trusting in the Lord with all my heart. I don't understand what's going on right now, but he does. And um, I know there's people in here that's, that's, that's struggling with the marriage. Maybe you're struggling in finances, struggling in your job, struggling with sickness, struggling with anything that occurs in life, and you don't understand why. Why, God? Why, why me? Why? why? Why can't I just have a, a great life? Why can't it just be perfect? You can't ask the, you, I don't understand why, God, why? It's not for you to understand. That's crazy. That's the crazy thing about it. It's not for you to understand alone. God says, trust in me with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. It takes both of you guys. You need to talk to the Lord, talk to the Lord and talk to God and talk to him like, hey, let's help me understand. We got to do this together. It's a partnership. So um, it's okay, like, if you don't understand and... I feel like if you, if you drop to your knees, grab some humility, humble yourself, and just say, hey, God, I don't understand right now, but I'm trusting you with all my heart. I'm trusting you with everything I have within me. I'm trusting you with my marriage. I'm trusting you with my finances. I'm trusting you with, with this illness. That, that you'll, bring, you'll bring it to my head. You'll make me understand eventually. And it's... It's these, in these moments of financial debt, jobs, maybe not being the right job that you want. Maybe you feel like you deserve better or marriage. It's in, the, in those times that God is testing us, I feel. He's saying, hey, let's, let's throw this at him. Let's throw this at Kaylin and uh, see how she reacts. Let's see how she reacts. Is she going to still show up on church every Sunday? Probably not. <laughs> But, uh, and uh, they said, let's see how they're going to react. Are they going to say, man, I, I, I've been doing this God thing for so long. I've been, thought I've been so faithful, and he's, he's taking this from me. He's stringing my finances. He's taking my marriage. He's taking my job. He's taking, making me sick. Man, I can't do the God thing anymore. Are you going to be that guy, or are you going to be the person that says, hey, it's okay, God, you did this. I, I don't understand yet, but I'm at your service. God, I'm at your service. What do you want me to do? He said, what do you want me to do? I don't have a job, but I work for you. I don't have no job, no more job, but I work for you. My marriage is going out the window, but I value you. Lord, I value you. Don't worry about it. Then he says, yeah, I got tons of debt. I got tons of debt, man. I don't know how I'm going to afford to pay my own, my own stuff, but it's all right. I'll, I'll come and I'll serve you. I'll tithe to you. It's okay. Because I know that with you, if I give it all to you, if I serve you, there's no greater, there's no greater feeling. And I know it'll come back to me tenfold. So for me, it was like, I kind of related to the moment when I was with the Jets and I got cut. It was just a different feeling for me, man. I was all in with God at that time. And I just remember, man, it, I was just so joy-filled that I didn't have to feel the same pain I felt many more times before that when I was released from teams and going through injuries and figuring things out on my own. And, and I kind of attest that to like, man, I've been really following God this year, man. It's crazy. I got to get more people on this train. And uh, then I wrote down, I, I heard this somewhere. I said, do I let my circumstances define my faith? Or does my faith des define my circumstances? I think that's pretty good right there. <laughs> it kind of hit me hard because, like, man, we, uh, hey, like I said, when things are going good, we in church clapping, hey, we dancing, everything. Everything is going good. Like, 
your circumstances are great, you got the job you want, your marriage is, is beautiful, your finances are great, you're not sick, you're strong, like everything is going good, so your circumstances are great, so you in church, hey, let's ride. But it's, the, it's when things turn, like which one, which, which one is which controlling which? There's, is your circumstances defining your faith, or is your faith defining your circumstances? I feel like growing in faith, being more faithful to God, being in your word, being more humble, that my circumstances are changing for me. I've been at the top of, of many levels, man. I've been at the top, and I've also been very low. So it's crazy that I'm following God at this moment. It's been probably a year, a little over a year now that I've been actively following God. And I may not be reaching that level where I want to get as fast as I once did, but I can tell you this, that I'm taking steps positive, positive, positive steps. Whereas before, I was going like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, so now I feel like my faith, my faith that's inside my heart, is controlling my circumstances. I feel like my marriage is getting better. I feel my, like my kids, they're growing up strong, and I'm becoming a better, better father. I feel like my finances, like, they'll take care of themselves. Like, I ain't got to do nothing. My wife always says, quit spending the money. <laughs> so I said, you don't got no income, quit spending the money. I said, don't worry about Got to take care of that. It's, it's not in my money anyways. <laughs> this God's money. Like, it ain't my money. It'll come back. And uh, so I feel like just following him, like, my circumstances are changing. Like, I feel healthy. I just feel more energetic. And it's just like, it's crazy. So we all in life, man, life is just a, a crazy thing, man. We all go through obstacles. We all have hurdles to jump. We all have trials and tribulations, but it's how, like I said, it's how you react to those. Do you stand behind it and say, ah, oh, this wall is blocking me out, this obstacle is just blocking me, or do you stand on top of it and say, this, this wall elevating me, now I'm on top of all you guys. That's how, it's, it's, two, different, it's two different sides to it. Like, you can stand behind a wall that, the, that somebody put in front of your finances. You can stand behind a wall that someone put, put in front of your marriage and say, ah, oh, this blocking me, I can't get through it. <laughs> or you can climb up on that thing and stand on top of there and say, ah, oh, this obstacle is just elevating me. I'm good. God's got me. God's got me. I'm faith motivated. I'm faith motivated, man. So um, let me see what I had next. <laughs> All right, so um, what I had next was like, it was something along the lines of, so through all the things that you have going on in your life and building your faith to become the, the man or the woman you want to be, are you going to try to do it on your own or are you going to let God do it? And a lot of us, we want to do it on our own. Hey, we're, I'm big, I'm a grown, I'm a adult, I'm 18, 21 now, I'm 30 now. <laughs> I'm 30 now, I'm a big guy, I can do it on my own. It's easy to say that until you hit another, another wall and you're like, ah, I'm behind the wall. <laughs> but are you going to let God do it? Are you going to let God control the outcomes of your life? Are you going to let God be the leader in your household? Are you going to let God be the leader in your marriage, in your finances? Are you going to surrender it all to him and just say, hey, this is yours, man. This is yours. You can have it. You just tell me what you want to do with it. And uh, I kind of... I like this because I always say that I always say that life is a book that is written by God and we're just turning the pages. Like I can't I can't help what's happened in my life. It was already written. Like if I'm supposed to go bankrupt tomorrow or the next day, I can't I can't control it. God already written that written that chapter. I just got to turn the page when I get there. And uh I think if you take that approach to to life it could change, man. Because I just look at life as like, it's a book, man. It's written. There's no way I can control the outcome. So in order, if, if, if the bad things come, I'm not going to sit back and just kind of mope about it. I'm going to say, hey, God, it's okay. It's your book. You've written it. You turn into pages. It's all right. I don't understand now. But are you guys going to let God finish the book so you can understand? Because you don't know what it is. You could have... 
You could have been going through those things that are troubling you now. You don't understand why. You don't understand why. Why me? That's because you haven't got to that page yet. You haven't turned to that page yet. You haven't got to that chapter yet. There's a reason for everything, man. I feel like, man, there's a reason why I've been cut. I've been released. There's times where I've been just been on, on the high horse. There's times where I was, the, where I was that guy, literally. And I don't know, man. It's like he, he, bring me, he brought me up and down so much that there's a reason behind it. And I can sit here today and say the reason behind it all is because he wanted me to find him. Because I was so high, man. I was so high at one point, man, that I was so high, but I was past heaven. Shoot, I couldn't even see heaven. I was like, heaven down there still. I was that high. And uh, he, he had to bring me back down to earth and just humble me and say, you're not too good for me. You need to come find me, son. You need to come find me. And he said, son, too, because that's why I'm a child of God. He said, hey, you need to come find me, son. And he, he's, he's in everybody's life. And today, man, I just kind of was like, okay, Pastor Garrett wants me to get up here and talk. <laughs> I was a little nervous, but I got up here. And I may not be a professional pastor like Pastor Garrett and everybody else, but this for me is big for me because for me to get up here and be able to share a testimony about faith and about my life and how God has kind of worked in my life just a little bit. I still got a little, a little bit, just a little bit he's worked in my life and there's so much more that he can do and for me to get up here and be able to share this testimony with you guys, it's a big step for me. It's a big step for me, and um, I hope that, like, hearing some of the words I say, that if you can trust in God with all your heart, and uh, just give all your heart to him, just give it all, not just a piece of it, man. You can't live with a piece of a heart. You got to give it all or none. You got to choose. So if you can give him all your heart and trust in him, and do not, do not try to understand things on your own, like, He'll let you know. When you trust in him with all your heart, he'll let you know why things are happening in your life. He'll, I swear he'll let you know. And for me, it's like now I've been home for a little bit, working with my boy Clay. We're doing, doing some, like, house renovations, and we was just in there breathing in dust, <laughs> taking years off our life, but God read the book, so we're all right. <laughs> we're all right. But, yeah, then I was, I, was, I was afforded an opportunity to go play um, at this new, this new league that just started, new professional league. Um, it's called the AAFL. And uh, they had brought the, they, they, kept, uh, they asked me to come out probably months ago, and I kind of just blew it off like, ah, nah, I'm not going there. I'm an NFL guy. I'm not going to go play in this new development league you guys are starting. Like, what's up, man? And I just kind of kept pushing it off. And then it was probably in one week I had like three friends hit me up, two of them who are really big in their faith. And they was just like, man, come play, man, come play. And um, both of those wrote me a long message, and there was one word that stuck out to me in it all, and it was the word fun. And I wrote them back, and I said, out of all that you just said, the only word I seen was fun. Because football for me for a while, it's kind of just been a job. It's not the same sport I used to play when I was in high school, college, and I, I just had the love for the game. I went out there because it was fun for me. I enjoyed it. It kind of got to the point where it was just what I did. It's how I fed my family. I just went out there because, hey, I was a football guy, and I kind of had a little bit of talent. So now I went out there. Now I'm with a, our team. It's called the Orlando Apollos, and uh, I've been, been with them for a couple weeks now, and I can honestly say that I've, I'm having fun again. And I feel like God brought that opportunity to me. Like, if it wasn't for those, those guys, those three guys who hit me up, two of them who are huge in faith, hitting me up consistently. Man, come play. Come play. And I finally went out there, and I, I, was, I was able to find the love that I once had for the game. And, yeah, we make a little money. But it's not, for me, it's not, it's not for the money. It's not for the money for me anymore. I wanted to get back to the spot where 
I was having fun in this sport again. I was playing it because I loved it, because for so many years, it wasn't like that. And I, I had a little bit of a sour taste in my, in my mouth from the sport. I tell people all the time, I don't want my son playing football. Because it was because of me, because I had a sour taste in my mouth. Because I've reached, when we played at every level, I reached the highest of the highs, and I played it in the NFL for six years. And it's like, I've tasted it. I know what it's like. It's a business. It's crazy. And I don't want my son doing that. So for me, it's refreshing that, that the Lord has given me the opportunity to go back and find the love that I once had for the game. And I'm all in on it. We're going to win the championship this year in Vegas. <laughs> don't worry about it. It's not the Super Bowl. It's like the Super Cup or something like that. So <laughs> I don't even know what we're going to call it yet, but it's something along those lines. <laughs> But, yeah, we had a preseason game. I scored a touchdown. You know, I was sweet, everything. It was, it's been fun. And um, I can honestly say that I didn't understand why I wasn't getting any more calls to go play in the league, but I did put my trust in the Lord. And he gave me a call that I needed, not because I wanted it, but I needed this call. And um, it humbled me a lot. It's humbled me so much where I can just sit back and I can say, this is for you, Lord. This is for everybody to see that I'm not the man I am today without you. And I can sit on my knees. I could go play at a lower level and say, I'm happy. I'm happy. And um, I'm going to end it with uh, something I wrote down. It says, we want God to always be with us, but we're never, all, we're never willing to go all in with him. And I kind of think that's, that's right, man. We want God to be with us, but we're never willing to give it all to him. And um, from this moment, man, from this past year, I'm, I'm, I've been willing to give it all. And I want you guys to ask your question, that question to yourself. You want God with you, but are you willing to give it all to him? Are you willing to sacrifice some of the things you don't feel like giving up? Are you willing to trust him with everything in your heart? Are you willing to go... And, and fight through things that you don't understand, knowing that he's by your side and that he'll lead you in the right way. And, and for that, thank you guys for listening to me for a little bit. <laughs> Not bad for your first time, man. I was so Good scared. <laughs> so I want to encourage you with this scripture that came to me when Charles was was sharing it comes out of first peter 1 through 7 it says these trials everybody say trials will show you that your faith is genuine it is being tested as fire test and purifies gold though your faith is far more precious than mere gold so when your faith remains strong through many trials it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when jesus christ is revealed to the whole world you know what I love is our lives are like that book, that tapestry where he's weaving and moving and doing in our lives. Many times, as Charles is saying, it's, it's tough when you have life happening and, and these trials happening and you can get a bad taste in your mouth and you can lose heart. And David was one. When you read the things and the trials he went to and his prayer was, Father, restore to me the joy of my salvation. And there's something powerful when you're struggling with being all in or fully stepping into what God is, is wanting to draw you into. Many times, if you've been in church, maybe like me your whole life, there can be sour tastes that keep you from wanting to trust or maybe a church hurt or maybe an experience that has blocked you from fully trusting God. You know, the heart of being all in is a heart that says, as Charles shared with us, it's what John the Baptist said that, we must become less so he can be, become greater. That we must allow the Holy Spirit to cleanse us and to make us a vessel for him to pour himself into. There's a powerful picture I want you to see, Tim, if you would throw this up. And it's of a fan. Uh, well, yeah, this one as well. That when you become all in, when you get on the same mission, this is what we should look like moving to advance the kingdom of God, destroying the works of the devil, allowing the Holy Spirit to pull us in and become a body. That some are a mouth, some are a hand, that the body is a representation of how we're supposed to work together.
And I love this because there was this picture that went viral on socials this year of a Bills fan showing up uh, in these extreme weather conditions. And I believe the caption said that y'all can travel out in this kind of weather for a football game, but you can't travel out and show up to church. And a little bit of what Charles was saying about just that of being all in, this is what it looks like. You push past your feelings, you push past conditions, you push past what your flesh is wanting you to say and saying, I'm going to trust God in this because he's got me at, at the center. He's holding me in his hand. So this morning, I just want to simply pray with you. If you would stand to your feet. And if you have the heart, if you want to take this message, the testimonies that we heard, the heart that Charles shared with us, if you want to have a spirit that says, I want to be all in, I just want you to raise your hands right where you're at as an act of surrender to say, I want to be all in to what God is wanting to do in my life, what he's called me to. I want to pray for you. Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is drawing us. God, that you're restoring the joy of our salvation, that you would wake us up, that you would throw cold water, whatever you have to do to get us to confront the reality right in front of us, whether it be the pain, whether it be the debt, the marriage, God, the relationship issue, the disunity, the dysfunction in your life, whatever it is, Father, I pray that you would awaken us to the reality and that you would empower us to be all in. Father, we thank you that Luke 9.23 says that if you're to follow me, you're to, you're to take up your cross and follow me daily with it, that it is a daily walk of taking up our cross. Father, we pray in 2019 that we would be Christians that are all in, that are willing to pay the price, that are willing to lay our lives down to be a sacrifice, to walk in humility. Father, fill your church with power, Fill us with humility. Fill us with revelation. Fill us with the understanding of what God is doing. Strengthen our faith through these trials. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said? Amen. 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 We'll give somebody a high five. Tell them I'm all in. I'm all in. You can be seated shortly. As I said, if it's your first time here, we just want to say thank you for stopping in. If you see on the seat back in front of you, take just a quick second, fill out that Connect card, drop in the back, see Claudia. Uh, she'll be in a, in a Patriots uh, shirt, so you can't miss her. Uh, but she'll be back there, give you a gift to welcome you, get a fresh boo from Pastor Webb. Um, but as we prepare to give, as the ushers come, I want to encourage you what scripture says. It says, freely you have received, so freely give. You know, we live in a country, we live in a time where we're blessed. We're blessed with resources. We're blessed where all of us are going to, our, our stomachs are grumbling and we're going to get to go to a nice restaurant or eat a nice meal or uh, have a Super Bowl party tonight. That we're blessed with provision. We're blessed with God's hand in our lives. I pray of what the scripture says and what Charles reminded us this morning, that we would know where our help comes from. We would know who to look to in the good times and in the bad. So as you give this morning, know that this is a part of being all in. As I shared last week, it says, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will follow. So wherever you're investing your time, talent, treasure, that's where your heart is invested to as well. So I pray in 2019 that your heart would be invested in the things of God, that you would trust God with your treasure, with your time, and with your talent. I want to pray of our giving. Father, we thank you that we have the opportunity to give, just like we have the opportunity to show up to church. This is uh, the tithe you have instituted to be a blessing to us, that we want to bring what is already yours. We want to show you that we can steward what you've put in our hands. God, we trust you even when times are pinched, even when we feel and we say, God, I can't, I don't have anything to give. God, it wasn't, the amount that was given by the widow's might, it was the heart that it was given in. Father, I pray that you would put a heart of generosity in us, that we would begin to trust you with the tithe that you're going to provide, you're going to take care of when we bring the tithe into the storehouse. God, we thank you that this is a blessed body, this is a healthy church. And God, we trust you for all you want to build, all you want to do in 2019. God, we thank you for this house in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Well, as you're giving, quick announcement.